Hey everybody, welcome to Lando Lakers Live. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky joined tonight by Anthony Irwin, the host of Locked on Lakers, who doesn't have his own podcast tonight, which is good for us because he's he's full of anger um, <laughs> because the Lakers lost. And not only did the Lakers lose, the Lakers lost a game where Rajon Rondo played and didn't necessarily contribute a lot. Uh, and so these are like it's like like the perfect alignment of uh, of Scorpio or I don't know what it is for for an Anthony Irwin rant. And since we are fortunately not covered by, as far as I know, Andy FCC guidelines or anything like that, I mean we're probably okay. Plausible deniability, right? I mean yeah, that, that's yeah, the place we, we're in right we, now. We you know. could always blame know. me. Like if you are under those guidelines and anything oh, goes ro- wrong, you can blame me. Anthony. There's no yeah. question. I mean, I'll tell you right now. I mean, we're we're not we're not built for whatever FCC jail is. Like we're we're not we're not guys who own the FCC yard. So I, I promise you, we're gonna roll in a second. I'm not. I'm, I, I'm not yeah. built for that. I'm not talking. Well, like let's do the housekeeping parts first. 112 to 97 was the final score. The Rockets take Game One. 36 points for James Harden. 12 of 20 from the floor. Uh, Nine of 12 from the free throw line. Three of six. From uh, the uh, the from the three point line, uh, Eric Gordon had twenty three. Russell Westbrook had twenty four. Uh, Lakers, and I put this in air quotes, were led by Anthony Davis and uh, LeBron James. They didn't. Nah, it wasn't a lot of leading going on there. Forty five points between those guys, and uh, other than Alex Caruso's fourteen, not a lot going on. So uh, Lakers down one nil in this series as they were against Portland. But Anthony, it feels a little different, I think, to be down one nothing against these guys than it did against the Blazers. Not panicking, not saying the series is over, but it's a different deal. I'm realizing that we talked after the Lakers were down 0-2 to Portland. So the, the key here is that we can't plan on talking after the Lakers play a game one of a series. we we cannot get that in the books and and not plan ahead on that stuff uh you're right though the difference we talked after the portland uh game one and the immediate takeaway for everybody watching was the lakers got whatever they wanted they had wide open three-pointers they were missing shots at the rim they were missing free throws and and you just said I think they shot like 15% from three-point range in that, in that, in that yes, first game. Yeah, they did. It was it's almost so, like they were shooting backwards, like they were throwing <laughs> it at the wrong basket like purposefully. The, to, to quote uh, Chick Hearn, they could have taken an actual pee, fired it at the, at the they're, they're closer to the Atlantic Ocean, and they wouldn't have made it. Right. It, yeah, this is one of those things, Andy, where you look at this game tonight and look, Anthony's so angry, his face froze that way. um but this is one of those things andy the the lakers tonight lebron talked about it after the game it wasn't one of those deals if you're a lakers fan you're at home and you're angry uh you're annoyed you're irritated with how they played but you the level of panic i would think would be reasonably low because at the end of the third quarter we talked about this before we went on i was like they're not doing a single thing particularly well and they could still win the game you look at what they did tonight, Andy, with the turnovers and, you know, 20, it was a 26 points, 27 points off turnovers. 27 points off 17 turnovers. And, you know, and they, it felt like more turnovers. It did. It like they, way more than 17. They shot the ball poorly. The, 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 the you know, the, the, all that stuff wasn't and good. And live ball turnovers, too. Play. 
They didn't There's a lot of live ball game. turnovers, which is you can't do that against Houston. You can't do that against anybody. So, yeah. I mean, what's what's your level of, of concern after this one? I mean, it's distressing to see the Lakers, I think, come out as flat as they did. And, and you know, they, they should have had an energy advantage over a team that just played a really tough seven-game series and, you know, quite literally barely got out of it. And the, the Lakers, there were a lot of advantages that the Lakers should have had in this game. And they didn't. And I don't want to take away from the way Houston played because I think the Rockets played legitimately well tonight. And, you know, that's I I feel like I feel like I'm about to uh, sound like Jeff Van Gundy or Mark Jackson. But, you know, give them if you're going to do do Mark Jackson, you have to start off with if you're the Houston Rockets (laughs) or if if you're the Los Angeles. Well, but uh, Jackson and Van Gundy are big on the uh, give them credit game. So I want to make sure that I am. Mm-hmm. That being said, I thought the Lakers beat themselves in this game a lot, and they were their own worst enemy. You talk about the 17 turnovers with the 27 uh, points off those turnovers. Um, there was also the rebounding discrepancy or lack thereof. The, both teams had 41 rebounds. The Lakers should not be equal with this team on the glass. You know, when, when you take a look at the size advantage that they have, they're better at rebounding, period. Um, the Lakers should have been owning the paint in this game. And really, I think they have themselves to blame for that. So again, I mean, Houston played a really good game. And, you know, I, I say this as somebody who's been a outward Houston skeptic, you know, and I still think the Lakers are a better team than them and should be able to have their way with them. But that being said, you know, they, they learn on a lot of levels in this game. If they don't play well, Houston is capable of owning them. Some people, Anthony, are Houston curious. Uh, Andy is not. Um, some of it may be. Some of it may be. And, and, and maybe this is me doing a bad job. This could go in a really weird. Well, <laughs> I heard you guys' podcast with Harrison, and I'm really curious where this well, is going. Well, I, I was going to say, some of this could be, and I have to you know, take a good look in the mirror and be honest with myself. I despise the city of Houston. Mm-hmm. Like, I really hate it. It is, it is in my opinion, the worst major real city in this country. So it's I have true. to be honest with I have to be honest with myself. And you know, in terms of my analysis in this game, like a- am I allowing my distaste, I think rightful, of the city yeah. of Houston to yeah. to color the way I look at the Rockets because that wouldn't be fair. And then that wouldn't be quality. That's not what would be here. I mean the people who are rooting for the Rockets <laughs> you know. they're a dicey lot. Yeah, well, no, I mean, they they probably also defended the the Astros, right? Yes, said, like there were other, there were other teams yes. doing that kind of thing, and like I I live out here in in uh, in Austin now, and anytime there's like an odd scent in the air, I make sure to point out to Jen, we must be downwind from Houston. <laughs> no? Well, Houston is everything that is bad about L.A. Like all the traffic, <laughs> all the air quality, like just yeah. it's not jammed like, up it's freeway, not jammed place. up freeways. Yeah. Without anything that makes LA great, right? Other than maybe some good Tex-Mex, they got, I just, they got I, great I th- Tex-Mex. I think Andy, the the point that you're trying to make is an important one because when you talk about a city being that bad and being the worst real city in America, it's worth pointing out that Florida, which is the worst state, real state in America, yeah. like state of consequence, has many cities in it. And so for Houston to be worse really <laughs> says something about now I will say this great point. I, I've been told and I, I I did experience a little bit of the couple times I've been down. The foods you can you can get some good food in Houston. I will say mm-hmm. that. 
yeah, the rest I'll, of it. I, weirdly, I, yeah. I've had some of the best sushi I've ever had in my life. In but Houston. you can get good food in Florida. Like, I mean, it's like, yeah. again, it, these are real places. They're not the... And so I, I think that is an important and salient part of your analysis, uh, mm -hmm. Andy. What, wh let's, let's do the... You guys, where do you want to start? You want to do the Rondo thing? You want to talk about guarding James Harden? Uh, you want to talk about Houston? Well, I, I, These are all yeah, things on my the, list. At the risk of speaking for Anthony, I feel like you'd like to start with the Rondo. <laughs> well, I know that, but I'm like, but like, we also do we want to hang? We want we want to hold the, the yeah, the, like the, keep the, the audience in and, and, like, and let them just like let me let me stew true. in this for a while, stew in that Houston smell. Because yeah, there, be there are people on this chat, people who know Anthony well. Harrison, basically, <laughs> uh, who are expecting Anthony to just go mobile and leave his house and just start breaking things um, mm -hmm. based on this whole Rondo thing. So I'm wondering if we need to just hold on to it. Uh, Hollywood Tastic actually says right here on the chat, we came for Rondo <laughs> slander. <laughs> like that's that's what See, Hollywood slander, Tastic though. actually wants. Uh, so um, let's, let's 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 start with Rondo because uh, I actually think it's also slander Vogel. I love this feature where we can put up the chat, the, the comments on the chat. This is fun. Um, so, okay, Rondo was the first guy off the bench. Surprisingly, you know, I think most Lakers fans want to see uh, Caruso. Everybody knew he was going to play. And initially, at least, Andy, it looked like he was just playing the J.R. Smith minutes, like the random, yeah. you know, 12 minutes that J.R. got. And I got to be honest with you, there are very few people on the planet that I would like to, that I, I, I that I wouldn't rather see have those minutes that had been going to J.R. Smith. <laughs> I, mean, I don't care how bad you think Rondo is. He's better than J.R. Smith, Anthony. He's better than J.R. Smith. Come on. You have to be at least a little honest. Well, it's not that it's not. I think he's a literally better player than J.R. Smith, but I think he's capable of more damage to the Lakers than J.R. Smith is. Like That's his, probably true because he's going to be given more responsibility. Yeah, he holds that the actually ball. is a fair point. He holds the ball out there, and when uh, when when LeBron is out there on the court with him too, he holds the ball out there. Right. And even when LeBron has the ball, it's not like anybody is gonna you know when when Jr. Smith is on the court, defenses have to pay attention. So when LeBron and Rondo are out there on the court, I would actually rather have Jr. because the defense has to care about him on the court. Uh, and and we saw this. There were stretches. You, if you just take screenshots over the course of the game of the way Houston was positioned, you have five guys either with a foot in the paint or very close to it. And that's oh. just because, you know, if the Lakers were playing a Dwight lineup with AD, that's an, that's one guy who doesn't space the floor or JaVale also. They have Rondo out there too. LeBron has the ball and, and, and even so confined. And I think it had everything to do with, with, Said, I mean, look, I I was I was actually slightly concerned with Houston that Andy, if they if if they if the Rockets dropped any further back off Rondo when he had open jump shots, they would actually accidentally leave the bubble. Like they'd all have to end up back in quarantine. Like you know, yeah. that's how far off if, they backed if, off. If you, I mean, and look, that's how Rondo's always played. Like if you really want to see something eye opening. Go to NBA stats and start getting into the breakdown of you know, shooting for Rondo. And, you know, they'll yeah. start detailing how close the nearest defender is, you know, like <laughs> tight, you know, reasonably tight, like open, whatever. The percentage of Rondo shots 
that are wide open <laughs> are staggering. <laughs> Pretty impressive. Like, yeah. I mean, he is barely more guarded than any of the three of us. Would right. No, I actually, I, I don't, I, I don't, at the very least, initially they might be a little closer because the, there's no scouting report on any of the three of us, <laughs> but it's not, you're right. It's not significantly different. They wouldn't leave me any more. Well, they might think it's Brian impossible. or me is it's impossible. They'd be back in <laughs> Houston. Yeah, they, they might think Brian or me is Caruso and maybe guard right. us a little or bit just more like, just on accident. Like, or just like sort of mild racial profiling. Like, look, there's a five foot nine, 45 year old white guy out there. He must <laughs> be able to shoot. Because why <laughs> else is he on the team? It's like, you know, he's got to be able to do something. But he didn't Anthony, bring, they're he leaving didn't bring the ball up the court. Open. Yeah. <laughs> And then they know they shoot, and that would be the end of it. They, they they could leave me wide open. Uh, you know, according to the Twitter videos, I could be right under the basket. It wouldn't matter. So I'm not one to judge. Is the thing, but it does <laughs> screw up. It does screw up the spacing. And and but this gets to another thing that I, I felt was very obvious about tonight's game. The Rockets, and we talked about this. Andy and I had Kelly Eco on from uh, this Rockets great Rockets coverage at the Athletic. Um, we had him on our podcast to to preview the series. And he was like, the, the Rockets are going to make, they're going to pack the paint and make the Lakers make outside shots. I mean, it was very clear, Anthony, the, the Rockets have zero respect for the Lakers outside shooting. I mean, yeah. Look, whenever you're guarding LeBron and Anthony Davis, you are going to have to give something up. It just so happens with the Lakers, though, they have something that is so easy to give up as their outside shooters. It's so easy. They, they, it's basically... The, the one of the easiest decisions to make in the entire league. And, and in this case, when in, in game one of the Portland series, nobody made anybody pay for not paying any attention to anybody. And in this case, again, it, this is going to be what the lake into. So long as they are making shots, there's nothing that they can really adjust. Yeah. Shots. So that's what, that's, what's tough here. Well, I, what I do think is interesting and, and we'll get a better idea of this in game two, because I mean, look, Rondo was going to play. Frank Vogel has made it clear since the beginning that once Rondo was available, he was going to be in the rotation. And it's predictable and in some ways justifiable, just in terms of they have so few guys on this team who can create for others. And, you know, we've seen the Laker offense get really, really stagnant. I mean, I think actually, Anthony, when we were on uh, Locked on Lakers with you uh, during mm -hmm. the Portland series, we all conceded that there was a role for Rondo, at least on paper. We could understand yeah. why Vogel would play him, even if the three of us would often prefer that not take place. I do think, though, that the minutes Rondo played tonight were inflated by Caruso's foul trouble. Yeah. Or at least I, I suspect that could be it. Because I Caruso, doubt he was planning on playing him as much as he did, right, certainly that, not initially. And then the blowout. I right. would, you're right. Some of it, some of it was garbage time, and and you should be playing Rondo in those moments because it's probably the only time he fits on the court. <laughs> Ouch! Look at that. What? Again? Or I'm gonna like that one? <laughs> or just the idea if he's going to be in the rotation, you might as well get his legs under him more, get him more up to game speed, all of that. It'll be really interesting to see, assuming Caruso doesn't get into extreme foul trouble what Rondo's minutes look like in that game, unless he's just playing. Really hey guys, well. really quick. Mm -hmm. This is interesting. Apparently uh, I think Rondo uh, has, has joined the chat. Um, <laughs> editorializing on Anthony. That is, that is not cool. Uh, I assume this is how yeah, like that's a, a, what the nom, camera it's a nom de plume. Too. It's a nom de plume that, uh, 
that they Rondo can't. uses to join late night chats. How bad it would look if it if I was recording this from my from my laptop where the camera is below my face and and like I get to actually stick my chin up in the air. It's just I'll, I, I'll I, tell you this era of having to do these type of home shows where you don't have professional cameramen, you know, like mm -hmm. like Brian and I have in Spectrum, you know, like the Spectrum Studios where they can really make you look good. <laughs> this era can be exceptionally humbling. <laughs> like it really, there are times where oh. you watch yourself and you're like, God oh. damn, man. I, this is what, like, I always like, this is, you know, and I've, I've never been like this kind of, you know, we, I, I did, you know, Andy and I did theater in high school. It's like, you, you understand like why, you know, you put makeup on for certain things. And like, it's like, it's part of the video. And so I've never been one of these like, oh, like you're your girl, you're wearing your makeup. It's like, I'm going on television. Yeah. Whatever you can do to make this like better. <laughs> part of my God job is stakes, to look yes. appealing. Like, like why on earth would you say no to that? In, in, I mean, unless you please. are Jim Hill, who's just aging that perfectly. Oh my goodness. You put on some makeup. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it works. Yeah. Yeah. For, for bleep's sake. I mean, um, I'm recording. I'm recording in this. I'm basically for this last week before we move into the house. We, I have been recording in essentially a closet. Like I'm, I'm in a closet that isn't even part of my apartment. It doesn't have an AC vent, so I'm in here sweating buckets. I feel like Charles Barkley. It's just, it's been brutal. <laughs> well, apparently, it's not a good look, uh, according to the, to the folks yeah. in yeah. the comments section. It is I'm going to make every closet excuse is not possible. treating you well. Uh, quick but, reminder too: two locations, delicious pizza. You saw the crawl there. Uh, I'm actually, I think, going to get some delicious pizza tomorrow uh, because it's going to be 493 degrees all weekend in Los Angeles, and we're not doing any cooking. So, um, yeah, 20% off when you give them the password. Cam Brothers, both locations, West Adams and in Hollywood. So uh, good, and you are supporting really local business and yeah. local business that is run by a by massive, massive Laker, Laker fan. fan, big time Laker fan. Um, He's going to keep playing. The question, I guess, becomes how much. I He doesn't solve the outside shooting, although there have been times over the course of the season when, when left wide open, Rondo's actually been one of their more dependable outside shooters. To some degree, I think, you know, obviously the spacing gets wrecked in this net, but like it gets better if Danny Green hits the three-pointers that Danny Green is on the team to hit or if Kuz mm -hmm. hits the threes that he's supposed to hit. Like this to me was, and we'll get to Davis and LeBron, who are not blameless in what happened tonight by any stretch. Yeah, but like this was the first game of the playoffs where it was like, okay, that's that's not good coups. Um, I don't think it was lack of effort. It just it wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Andy. Look at you Thank playing you. around with our, our little features and stuff. Good for you. Um, what did you guys think of the, the rest Ron of the Doe was in the pizza dough. Like Ron, Ron <laughs> you got to go with that. There you go. I like that. Um, what do you, what did you make of the rest of the gang here before we get to the stars and what they did against, uh, you know, uh, what they, what Harden did and, and where we all go from here? Well, I don't, I don't mean to keep harding on Rondo or harping on Rondo. I, 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 you know, it's hard not to, <laughs> it's, it's a little it's, much it's insanely difficult not right. to slow down. It's not that bad. <laughs> slow down. All right. Well, <laughs> let's wait, 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 wait. I are you left, is he left-handed? Is he left-handed? I think that's an important <laughs> question to ask. I mean, he's no Ronnie Price, <laughs> Tyler but, Ennis. So here's the thing: you could you could look at all of Kuzma's minutes with and without Rondo, and he is significantly better without Rondo. Kuzma's the kind of player who needs to move around, move around the court freely, find cutting lanes, 
you know, find space on the perimeter that gets created by, you know, other actions that are going on elsewhere on the court that aren't specifically designed for him. The pickup player who is being asked to play organized basketball. And, and in these minutes, like, I don't think it's a coincidence that Kuzma looks completely lost again, as soon as Rondo re I think we also have to criticize Vogel here a bit and say, you really don't have to reintroduce Ron. Like, I don't know. I've, I've heard some people talk about that. It was a, it was a, it was a fake comment that uh, Harrison Sanford threw out there. I don't, I've heard that it was real or that it isn't or whatever, but he basically said that, you know, it's really difficult to reintroduce a new player back into the rotation in the second round of the playoffs. And like my response is you don't have to, like you really don't. It's 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 an option not to, and and it's especially against this Houston team, where the way the Lakers are going to to throw the ball to the defense, which is possible, and that's not the kind of thing that Rondo really does. He wants to have the ball stagnant, and he wants to run some kind of very well thought out set, and and then and then if that doesn't work, you have seven seconds to get some kind of shot up at the rim. And that's just that's not how you're going to beat this Houston team. It's going to have to be on a lot of off-ball movement and and on-ball movement that forces like PJ to move across the key a bunch of times and not stand still, where he's impossible to move. Yeah, it, it's good. It, there was so much that you saw tonight with, with the Lakers in terms of where it felt like they weren't playing towards potential uh, strengths and, you know, not just the stuff that we talked about before in terms of just their overall size advantage and being able to own the paint. Like you were saying, Anthony, there, there was a lot of just stagnation and there was a lot. Oops. You didn't, you didn't see me. What? Um, mm-hmm. you, you didn't see the Lakers like trying to get guys unless it was off a defensive rebound and they were just running. It didn't seem like they were looking to get guys on the move. A whole lot like mm-hmm. you, you hear Especially about when te- right you hear a lot about how teams when they have size advantages will sometimes hunt the mismatches to their own detriment and yeah. you know there there were times where it worked really well like there were I think three possessions in a row where Anthony Davis was isolated right, on first Harvard. half I know exactly where you're going and Absolutely. he either drove to the rim or hit mid-range jumpers over Harden, and it looked like he was in complete rhythm, complete stride. But there's mm-hmm. also going to be times where you wonder if the the size differences starts looking too tempting to him. You know, like it, it it almost it starts feeling like something that they that instinctually you can't move away from, even if you actually should, because we've seen all year playing Anthony Davis out of the post as a pivot the way. The Lakers did during the Kobe Powell era, you know, mm-hmm. with Powell or, you know, sometimes with Lamar, that actually doesn't play to their strengths. Like that, mm-hmm. that actually hasn't been the best. It just stops everything. It stops right. everything. They, they right. stop yeah. moving. They just start watching. I mean, the amount of isolation, Anthony, they were playing for Anthony for AD in this game was, was incredible. I mean, like on a level that you rarely and see. That, with the team. Right. And that, and that has not been their strength this year. Especially against good teams. Way. Like when they play good teams and they go stagnant and they try to ISO and take too much advantage of those of those bad matchups, that's where they've fallen into trouble. We saw it in the very first game against the Clippers at the at the beginning of the season, the first game against these these micro ball Rockets, the first time they played them back in February. Like the games that they have really struggled against really good teams have been those where they they hunt those matchups. And 
And and and again, like really interesting. People usually think of the Rockets as this small team, and therefore they run all over the court. Right. But actually, the way that they try to play the game by switching a bunch and stuff, they stand still a lot. Like if you actually, you know, if you if you tune. almost because they 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 want to just stand there right and well that it's it's the dan it's because they shoot 483 threes a game and they're coached yeah. by mike d'antoni the assumption is oh they're the seven seconds or less sons yeah they're not they're not even close to that no. they play they play very slowly in the half court they want to muck everything up it's mm -hmm. a lot of watch james harden do things with weird you know rhythms and weird whatever move off of that a little bit which i like i I got a lot of trouble before the game tweeting out. I really like watching Harden. Other people. It was the wrong time. It was definitely the wrong time. I understand. I, I get it. It's not a popular <laughs> opinion. I get it. Uh, but like, I, I just have an enormous amount of respect for how he does. Like the, the technical craft of what James Harden does is yeah. to me is stunning. So I, I get it kind of, I, I like watching it and it's so different than, than other scorers around the league. But, you know, the Rockets are slow, and they want you to play slow. And there's another yeah. thing we talked about with Kelly is, like, they want – like, if the if the Lakers with their bigs can get up and down the floor and finish over the Rockets, Houston doesn't have a chance. If the Lakers yeah. have to play in the half court, that's a whole – then their size doesn't matter as much because, you know, like, it, you guys remember when when the Rockets used to have Chuck Hayes, who I believe was four foot seven. <laughs> But like nobody could move him out of center, the post. So you center you gravity underground. It was basically. So you you try to post him up and you'd ruin all of these possessions because you're trying to move Chuck Hayes somewhere because you think he's it doesn't work. Same kind of thing with PJ Tucker. You're not gonna like just move him out of the way and stuff. Yeah, well so, you, you have to you have to force him to try to catch on the move, right? Or defend mm -hmm. a catch on the move and all of them. Yeah, it, well, but but Tucker especially, he is the, the least movable object. We saw LeBron. <laughs> it take it took like three or four like hard get a, a PJ Tucker to move like five feet. That was and amazing. That, that was amazing by Tucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and but that's and that's one of the things that heading into the series that I thought the Lakers would have identified a little bit more quickly was we have to force that guy to move. It's just. I don't know if you guys the the last airbender thing. Yeah. The the, the cartoon. Yeah, um, yeah. He's he's basically an earthbender, right? And the way that they always <laughs> the way that they they try to take advantage of the the airbender or the, the earthbenders was to move them. Like once they get that center of gravity, they are they can really fully move the earth. And and I feel like with with PJ Tucker, once he sets his feet and he just squares you up defensively, that's a lost possession. You got to rotate the ball. Well, Andy, that should be the film session. They just watch, right. they just, just like just watch just It's on Netflix right now. Like, yeah, I mean, they, they could just do a binge watch of uh, like the first two seasons. Exactly. The, but Andy, the other the other stereotype that I think people have because the Rockets are small and they're a Mike D'Antoni team is that they're terrible defensively. Um, but that hasn't been the case, and certainly in the playoffs. Okay, Oklahoma City's not a great offensive team. I get it, but they were a very good offense, uh, defensive team in the first round and kind of had been morphing into that uh, leading into the playoffs and have shown themselves to be a like a legitimately good defensive team. So it's not just a matter of, um, like, if you want to be worried about the Lakers, is that, okay, in round one, it was Portland. Like, 
yeah, they didn't play well offensively and they got it going, but that was against a crap defensive team in the Blazers. It's hard to believe that Houston is going to devolve as really significantly on that end, at least to me, Andy. Are no, you no, I mean, that part of it? If you look at Houston's roster, they've got Covington, Covington and um, P.J. Tucker are plus defenders. And in certain ways, I think Eric Gordon can be. If he's healthy, he's, he's really strong. He is super strong. And again, when he's healthy, reasonably mobile. James Harden is a good defender in the post. Like he actually can do well there. There are other areas where he isn't as effective. But we've also seen, though, there will be times where he digs in more and he actually commits to it more. You know, Westbrook has never been a good defender, but he's also somebody that people have always wondered why the hell is that? Right. Because yeah. he's this amazing athlete with incredible quick twitch and all that stuff. Like he should be capable of it. Like, and the dirty little secret about D'Antoni's seven seconds or less Suns teams, not terrible defensively. Like it, yeah. if you look back at some you of their numbers, and, well, exactly, that was before, I was just going to say, it was before people used to account for pace. Everyone used to just look at, you know, points uh, points given up per game. And it's like, well, with all those possessions. <laughs> and then the they'd other... go out to the back of the arena and buy some healing tonics from a man <laughs> in a wagon. But, like, if you, if you looked at, like, not, not even some of the, and all that stuff. Like, not even some of, like, the deeper stats. I mean, like, people needed to look at, like, you know, opponent field goal percentage. And you look at, at Phoenix, it's like, it's not that bad. And then yeah, you look I... at, well, then you look at the people on the roster and it's like, Sean Marion was a great defender. Raja mm -hmm. Bell was a really good defender. Kirk Thomas was a really good defender. Like they had guys who could play defense. So basically, D'Antoni is not capable, I think, of taking mediocre defensive personnel and making it better than expected. Like, like Luke, the last couple of years with the Lakers, those teams were better defensively than you ever thought they'd be on yeah. paper. Like, you know, Luke was, I think, not a great offensive coach. And for the life of me, I have no idea what system he was running for, like, whatever, three years he was there, you know, three or four years. <laughs> but, you know, defensively, those teams were better than they should have been, at least on paper. I don't think D'Antoni is that coach. But mm -hmm. if you give him actually solid defenders, I think he actually can come up with a good defensive scheme. So I don't think it's shocking. And I also don't think it's anything that's going to go away. I also don't think it's anything the Lakers can't deal with, but they have to do it better. Yeah, I think I you think whoever uh, out of you, you keep people out of your closet, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Andy, whenever whenever somebody says hello, <laughs> all all I can think of whenever anybody ever says like you know I don't know what system that is is like it's the Lando system. <laughs> it's like Lando's not a system; he's a man. <laughs> like, you know. I, but you're I right. Think, I don't know what I don't know what he was running. I think. Uh, yeah, I think. Sure. I think when it comes to not just D'Antoni's defense i think one thing that that or, uh houston does really well is is they they play organizational defense like they are analytical in everything they don't do anything on accident and they know exactly which shots to give up and exactly which shots to to pretend to to give you and make look like that's the easy play and that's the way that they actually play really good defense and in this case in in last night's game or tonight's game they they got the Lakers to take exactly the kinds of right. shots that 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 they want them to take. One thing to really watch for, especially in games that Mark Jackson calls, is how often with Anthony Davis he says that's a shot that you want to give up. If you're the Houston Rockets, if that's a the shot Houston that Rockets. you want to give up. 
And he just makes it. He just makes it. And I felt like the vast majority of 80 shots were those fadeaway mid-range jumpers. Right. Let's. That's exactly what you're hoping for. Exactly. Let's let's look at this. is an interesting question from Sector Cruz. Like, do you think they were feeling the Rockets first, and they can they adjust accordingly? My spin on that is a little. It 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 goes back to what LeBron said. Like, this was a is a weird team. Like, I I was I was dead wrong first of all about like this being a game where the Rockets would show up with dead legs. I thought that's what it would be. Okay, got that one wrong. But the the. The, the the what LeBron was talking about about like the adjustment to this team with their speed with like the burst of Westbrook with the herky jerkiness of of um Harden uh, of Harden like he compared it a little bit with especially with the speed to like the 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 greatest show on turf Rams that won the Super Bowl back in St Louis like you think you can see it on tape but when you get yeah. out on the floor it just looks differently. So with that in mind, now that he says we've seen it and we can adjust accordingly, how hard do you think that'll be? I mean, if they watch the tape and they, I mean, they watch some of these turnovers, they watch some of the bad decisions that they made out there. A lot of this was on them. And again, I'm not trying to take anything away from Houston because I think they legitimately played a really good game. But that being said, there was a lot of the Lakers beating themselves in this game, and, we, and we've seen all year, for example, they can be vulnerable to unforced bad turnovers. And when they put themselves in that position, even though they've been fairly good in transition defense this year, they still give themselves trouble. And and they're a team that, with some of the offensive ruts that they can that they can get into, they can't afford to give up possessions. Like like they're not a good enough outside shooting yeah. team that they could crap away seven or eight possessions and then make it up with you know with a rain of threes like you can't count on that with this team so they have to treat possessions like they're more precious you know like the, like they matter more they need and, to have more possessions frankly yes like they, yes. they always have to have more possessions in houston because of the math that, that the math equation that houston put you in yeah no no doubt like this is not a team that you can afford to just to just crap away possessions especially too if if it's not really something houston's doing like as good as I think Houston's defense was tonight. A lot of this was just the Lakers making bad passes, like being careless sloppy. Bad. They were very sloppy, very yeah. sloppy. Yeah, I, I made the comparison actually between like a baseball game where the starting pitcher is more of a junk ball pitcher, and then they bring in the the fireball thrower, the, the flamethrower after that, who you go from, you know, 92, 93 to holy crap. I'm now, I'm now expected to adjust to 103 mile an hour fastball. Like that's the Lakers came off of that series against the Portland, who isn't a very good defensive team is a very slow defensive team. And then they go up against uh, Houston where they're always up in passing lanes. They're super aggressive in passing. And, and get some more stuff going back door. But but I really think like when when LeBron talks about the speed that they were that they had trouble adjusting to, I think it has a lot to do with the team that they're coming off of uh, that first round series against. It's just it's just tough to go against a team that we all also acknowledge was never going to beat the Lakers. This is the team that actually can. And so you add like the literal difference in speed to the difference in in uh, stakes that are involved with playing a team that can beat you. And I think that's where the Lakers kind of tripped up and made a lot of unforced errors tonight. So looking at game two, 
we were all here after game one uh, of the last round. Like you say, different deal. Um, but looking at game two, how, what's the level of – because it's every other day. There's another day. My, my whole thing about Houston was they Oklahoma City had a, non, had a 0% chance of beating the Lakers in a seven-game series and a probably 100% chance of being a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Houston has a non-zero chance of beating the Lakers in a seven-game series, but also I felt like if it didn't work, if for some reason just the thing, the matchup with the Lakers didn't work, had a chance of being a much faster, easier series, I think, than, than perhaps Oklahoma City would. Clearly, it looks like the Rockets can be the team that can that can stretch them a little bit. Uh, and as Kelly Eco said on our podcast, like they're built to play big teams like the Lakers. It seems counterintuitive, but that's what they're designed to do. So looking ahead at game two, Andy, uh, and then we'll go to Anthony, like what what do you expect to see from the Lakers? Um, I think they need to be looking to force to run as much as they possibly can, you know, to try to turn guys like JaVale and Dwight into rim runners and, you know, find more utility with, with their bigs beyond just trying to, uh, you know, to really own the paint. You know, they need to do a better job with, you know, second chance opportunities, offensive rebounds, stuff like that. But I, I think that they can get more utility from JaVale and Dwight by just putting them on the move. I'd like to see more pick and roll action between LeBron and Anthony Davis. Just really start Any. putting Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're right. Anybody, but but those two in particular, I think will really put Houston to some difficult decisions. And they also just I would like to think that they will watch the tape on this, assuming they don't just binge watch a Avatar Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. And, which would certainly be more in the bubble. They actually have, they have time for both. <laughs> they probably no travel. Every, you know, every other day, though, that that it's tough with every other day to to binge through however many seasons. But mm-hmm. I I think I think if they go out there with the mindset of just tighten it up, like whatever we're doing out there, tighten it up, be more careful, you know, like re, like really be more purposeful with the ball and with whatever we're trying to execute that in and of itself will go a long way, but just they need to find more ways to get themselves on the move. The more they're standing around, the more they're doing Houston a favor, both in the half court. And I think, you know, more off ball cutting more action, just more stuff needs to be happening. D'Antoni has always played a relatively short rotation. That was, that was always a, I mean, it literally, in some cases, like a lot of people thought it led directly to Kobe tearing his Achilles yes. back in, the, in that year. Uh, and, and you look at Houston, they are not a functional NBA team if Covington and P.J. Tucker are both in foul trouble or tired or whatever. And the Lakers can actually go at them in waves where – uh, you know, it's JaVale rim running and then it's Dwight rim running and it's Dwight really forcing the issue on the offensive boards. That was another thing that I, I was disappointed in both the Lakers bigs and tonight was that they, I think they got the same. No, you're not going to not turn the ball over. It, that's just a math problem. You're not right. going to win the math of that. And and I think whatever the Lakers can do to and the other thing too with PJ Tucker, I watch him line up. Like he literally takes, you know, like a bull basically, where he he, you know, puts his foot in the dirt and really gets going towards the rim on an on uh three-point attempts. 
he had like wide open lanes to the basket and to the basketball every time he wanted to on the offensive boards and whoever is guarding him and whoever is paying attention to him really has to turn around and, and at least just kind of check him off of that line. Just they, the, the Lakers are the bigger team. You have to be more physical. And you know, I, I asked actually, I not to interrupt you, but I asked yeah. uh, Anthony Davis after, after the game through the zoom, you know, just like what, what he thought accounted for the rebounding battle being equal which you don't mm-hmm. you would not think that would be the case with the advantage the Lakers have and he said that Houston did a really good job just boxing out and just yeah. making sure that they're putting you know bodies on different Lakers and that gets back to what I was talking about before about just the detail detail like really yeah. just make sure everything you're doing is crisp out there you know the Rockets did a much better job than that than the Lakers well, and they shoot so many three-pointers that it leads to long rebounds, which actually winds up being a bit of an advantage to Houston, right? One mm-hmm. thing that Dwight, uh, especially, like of any of the Lakers, has the biggest used to boxing out with his hands down. And in normal shots, that's fine because you'll have time because the ball will actually go up off the rim first. But when they're shooting a three-pointer, and especially if it, it's a short, shot that they're you know the ball hits the rim on the front end of it he doesn't have enough time to react to it so you see a lot of balls just go right over his shoulder that he can't quite react to and that winds up being an extra possession to houston which as we've talked about is just a death knoll for the lakers they cannot have uh houston cannot have as many possessions as the lakers do flat out they'll they'll lose every game yeah, I, I, I think what you're getting at, Anthony, makes a ton of sense. I want to ask this question before we go, because let me see if I can find it uh, on the screen here. Um, I put it up just a second ago about Mike D'Antoni, because somebody brought it up. I think, Andy, you brought it up, the idea that people still blame Mike D'Antoni for Kobe tearing his Achilles. No, actually, I think what? that was you. That was literally I, you said that. Oh, oh, I said that. Well, people No, do. I said it. I said it. Okay. I said it. Oh, okay. Well, I just know How it was Okay, how much, Anthony, do you actually blame Mike D'Antoni for Kobe shredding his Achilles? Because people really do. I mean, it's hard not to see that he played Kobe like 48 minutes a game over that last week, you know? Yeah, but, like that but was. Did he, but did did Mike D'Antoni play Kobe 48 minutes a game, or did Kobe yeah. play I mean, Kobe it's just, it's the same thing here. It's the same thing we're Kobe, seeing with Kobe, Vogel. Right. Kobe did it. It's the same thing we're seeing with Vogel, though. Anthony Davis and LeBron James want Rajon Rondo on the court. Frank Vogel has to say, no, that is not good for our team. Kobe wants to be on, wanted to be on the court 48 minutes. Mike D'Antoni has to be able to tell his player, man, I there's 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 the law of diminishing returns here at a, at a certain point. Oh, but I mean, but they were tr- here's the thing though, they were trying to get into the playoffs, which yeah. Kobe, you know, you are he, not he did be get them to into it. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it was Literally, the I mean, it was sort of the last meaningful basketball. Right. The, the heroism, yeah. I mean, literally the heroism of Kobe, you know, sports heroism yeah. of Kobe, you know, literally tearing his own Achilles and then mm-hmm. shooting those two free throws on an Achilles he knew was torn yeah. to make sure that a team that he knew he would not be helping in the postseason right. got into the postseason. I, I still say it's the most impressive feat of Kobe's Absolutely. career. Yeah. I, I think it's more impressive than 81. I think it's more impressive than the five championships, the the MVP award, all of it. I, I can't think of another It's the most athlete. amazing thing I've ever seen. I, yeah. I, I cannot think of another athlete that I am dead sure could have done that. Like, I'm even including yeah. MJ. Like I, yeah. the, the, the mental fortitude 
beyond just the physical pain tolerance and all that, the mental strength that required is unlike anything I've ever seen before. But that being said, like it's one thing to tell LeBron and Anthony Davis, look, I got to go a little less Rondo. It's another mm-hmm. thing to tell Kobe, look, <laughs> you I'm going to sit you, and if we don't make yeah. the playoffs, so be it. Yeah, right. you know, you got plenty more prime years yet. Don't don't worry about it. <laughs> it's fine. That was, that fine. It's going to no, be I, fine. Like in the grand scheme of things, I think like something. I'm one of the things that even Jen will say to be Phil Jackson. I'm 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 going to tell you. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't actually blame Dan Tony for it. I just thought the the lengthy minutes, like either it, either it was going to be the Achilles or it was going to be something else. Remember oh, in that last game, it didn't help. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the the that last game that Kobe actually got hurt in, he had turned his ankle, I think, twice. You oh, know, it, right before he he tore the Achilles. Yeah. So that game so, was a train wreck for Kobe yeah. physically. Like right. like even before so, the yeah. the the true end of it all. All right, fill in the blank for me, guys. Uh, the Lakers blank game two. Andy? <laughs> it sounds like I should be uh, going blue. Um, the Lakers win. I think they're going to win game two. I, I actually think they're going to come out and recognize a lot of what they did wrong, and I think they're going to win it. Anthony? I think they lose. Oh, Ooh. come on, Anthony. Ooh. Oh. They yeah. might. So here's, here's, I, I, I just don't, it's going to take another loss for, for Vogel to realize he cannot play Rondo. Like it's just, he's going to ride this train until it falls off the tracks. And, and, and one would think that this would be enough to the, the very first two over. Right. And I think he made a defensive mistake too. So this is a, and, and that's the kind of thing you expect. That's the first game he hasn't played or he's played in like six months, seven months. And and yet, if he plays again, especially if he plays any minutes that could have otherwise gone to Caruso, I just don't well, think he, yeah, he we'll, bodes we'll, well see, for the Lakers. We'll see if, if really my theory about foul trouble is accurate in game two. Because unless yeah. Caruso gets into extreme foul trouble again, if Rondo plays those type of minutes, then you are correct that that's what Frank Vogel is envisioning for him. And you are also correct that's the wrong move. Yeah, yeah I... I hope Extreme I'm wrong. Foul Trouble, name of my third album, by the way. <laughs> I, basically, my entire my entire approach Excellent to prediction tour. stuff is predict the bad thing happening and then be happily wrong. You know, yeah. there you that, go. That, that's how I usually predict these things. That there is a it's a difficult standard to hold during the pandemic because you always think you're predicting the bad thing. Like 2020 is <laughs> a tough year for that. Like, right. I'm just going to predict the bad thing and it'll automatically be better. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you got to work for it. Yeah, right, yeah. right. I mean, as soon as, as soon as, as like we we knew that Rondo was going to be in the rotation, we just didn't. He was going to be the first guy off the bench. So, like, things can always be worse. <laughs> <laughs> Closet Rondo fan. That's I, right. I literally, you know. Tell, <laughs> <laughs> right, tell the people uh, your podcast where to find it, all that. Uh, well, Locked on Lakers is Monday through Friday. We've had you guys on it. We, I, I typically try to have at least one guest during the week. Pete, uh, who everybody loves, is on it three days a week as well. Uh, so you can follow that uh, anywhere like that cheating. you find. Just huh? putting Pete on your podcast feels like cheating. It's it was like, it, you know, it, Pete's it, ass for people not familiar yeah. who we're talking In, about. Everybody, you know, everybody knows. It, this isn't even like a this isn't even like a secret. He has helped make the show in, in my career. So shouts to Pete. <laughs> um, 
but but uh but yeah that's uh, everywhere you can find podcasts and you can follow me on twitter at anthony or in la cool all, All right. right. Uh, uh, Sunday night. Yeah. Thanks again to Delicious Pizza, two locations, West Adams and Hollywood. Go get yourself some pizza to wash down the sadness of game one and to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. I love it. People think he actually looks like Chick. Like <laughs> he's Chick looking into the refrigerator. That's what people. <laughs> Before we go, somebody asked you guys, and you guys are actually sponsored by a pizza place. Do you guys yeah. are you guys pro or anti pineapple on pizza? I don't sweat anti. pineapple. I don't, I don't, it doesn't bother me. It's not I, classic, but I can deal with it. It's fine. A little bacon. It's not even so much the taste as it is. I think it's too watery, and it just becomes mm. kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, it it's got has to roast be well cooked. You got to like roast it. Has it. to yeah, be gotta, really yeah. well cooked. It can't just be out of the can. can. It's got the time for that. A good pizza place. <laughs> I, I, it's not. It's just not my thing. I. I I, I think it's kind of silly. I'm just I, not I precious like about this sort of thing. I'm not precious about this stuff. It tastes good when done right, especially yeah. with bacon. I just think I... no. Anthony's closet Wi-Fi finally gave out. I think Andy. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> <Am> I... <laughs> anyway, anyway, right, thanks guys. Well, either that or the pizza sensors have come. Like big pizza came to to censor. <laughs> oh, no, your, no, I was uh, talking about pineapple your, your, pizza. Your, your big, either big pineapple or big someone came to uh, to do it. Um, all right. Well, if Anthony Irwin, uh, Locked on Lakers podcast featuring Pete. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much for coming on, man. <laughs> appreciate really your time, appreciate man. Thank you. This Thank fun. you guys a ton. This is this. This was something. We don't know. We don't know what he said. Complimentary. <laughs> we'll take your word for it. All right. Have everyone a good uh, good weekend.